Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic indie creator interview. It's your Cape Crusader Cody, and we're keeping it geekly with our new guest, Marcus on NASA. We're here to break down by the horns and everything in between. Welcome to the stream, uh, a fellow metalhead, if I'm not mistaken, right? I am. Thanks for Let's having me on, Cody. Absolutely. It's uh, always a pleasure to get a chance to meet new creators uh, and a chance to read their work. And holy crap, I love this, the premise of it. Uh, you know, just. A, we have someone who is just very distraught. Her husband was trampled by unicorns and she has an undying bloodlust to kill them all. And I just was not, you know, I never go into a book expecting anything. And this just floored me. I love just how brutal it was. Uh, the story just has so much good layers to it. Uh, before we dive into that, uh, Marcus, um, give us yeah. a little bit about who you are and how you got into creating comics. Um, yeah, so I, my name is Marcus on NASA. I right by the horns and do it with my co-creator jason muir who's a fabulous artist and and steve cannon does uh the colors makes everything pretty and um you know i'm a, a writer and editor by trade i went to school for that and um i got into writing comic books later in my career um and it happened because i went to this convention called morrison con do you know anything about that cody I've, i don't think i've ever heard of that so there was this convention that was centered around Grant Morrison in Las Vegas and you paid for the whole trip and you got the hotel airfare, you know, access to, to everything that goes on at the con. Mm -hmm. And what was neat about that convention is that you got to hang out with the creators and it was about oh. the creative process of making comic books. Mm -hmm. It was not about, Hey, this is what's coming out next. You know, there was no, um, alternate media there you know you know now no wrestling or tv or anything it's just <laughs> about comics and so he invited a lot of his uh friends there and then creators that he really respected like jason mm -hmm. aaron um for example and um so it was a little bit expensive at the time because this is a few years ago now uh, but i went there and i was just really kind of inspired by by that convention because there's a lot of people who were also looking to break into the field of comic books and i felt like they got a lot out of it i did too and even some of the creators created a comic book anthology from that i was not part of it but it just got it just put a bug in me to to do more creative things because um i had been uh, managing editor and editor-in-chief for a lot of uh, publications Mm -hmm. and um worked an office job and it just kind of sucked the life <laughs> out of me yeah <laughs> i was really good at it i'm really good at that kind of stuff i'm good at organizing things and, and and improving on publications but i just didn't have time to be creative and it, it just it was really hard so wow. i decided that i was gonna uh leave that that life behind and and take a stab at doing creative works so that's how i started uh thinking about more comics if i had a lot of ideas for comic books but um just never really materialized and and it really wasn't until jason actually i probably wouldn't even be doing comics if not for jason because there were some artists that maybe i had tried to do something with early on and then it just never happened but then jason came into my life and uh you know he's about he's as dedicated to doing it as i am and and that's how it happened. That's how we created Voracious, our first book. Okay, so yeah, Voracious, uh, and that was uh, the work you did for uh, Action Lab Entertainment, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes. So uh, what was that book about? 
It's about a, a chef who travels through time, kills mm. dinosaurs, and serves them at a restaurant in the present. I love that is such an out of this world concept. How how does that creation come about? <laughs> well, that one's interesting. So, um, I was at a party. I don't know a lot of years ago now, mm-hmm. um, and somebody asked me the question: If you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be? So, what would you choose if somebody asked you that, Cody? Oh, that is a good one. Um, if I could have any superpower in the world. It probably would be uh, the ability to extend hours in the day. Like if you know, you know what I mean. If I had like two or three more hours in the day, I could achieve so much. And it feels like that is a superpower in itself. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That that's thinking a little bit outside the box because most people go like flight and visibility. <laughs> I said, I said that I want the power to manipulate all time and space, so that way I could go forward in the future get a spaceship, a lightsaber, uh, but I could also go back in time, take all that technology and make myself a dinosaur sandwich. And I was kidding because I was at a party, mm-hmm. but I just liked that idea. So I wrote it down in a notebook. And then when I went to that convention that I spoke about earlier, um, I was flipping through that notebook and saw it. And I was like, I think I can make a story out of that. So that's how it was conceived. And, um, you know, from there, I just kind of, kind of built the world and the, and the characters you know if you could go time. if you could go back in time there's no preservatives there's nothing I, that's a hundred percent grade a probably beef uh what dinosaur would you want to eat from <laughs> i mean herbivores of course yeah yeah better but okay you know, who knows what they taste like all those dinosaurs were different and you know dinosaurs uh like birds are descended from mm-hmm. dinosaurs they say so you know different birds taste completely different you know turkey is not the same thing as chicken you know or quail or whatever so you know i imagine that they'd all taste a little bit different but yeah i'd go for uh an herbivore maybe like a triceratops yeah (laughs) maybe a stegosaurus i don't know uh that'd be kind of hard i don't want to try to get through all that (laughs) you know i was gonna say i love some of the the creatures in in this world uh there was a, it looked like a nod to a, a triceratops at one point like a triceratops bird i loved it i was like dude this is so the world of by the horns is just so creative and immersive one of my favorite things is like you have all these like individuals uh like these different races and like the, they all have like their own distinctive features it's not like just like a, a background character it almost feels like every person has their own purpose in this story Yeah. I mean, when I write stories, I really layer them. And so the characters are really important to me. So when I introduce a character there, you know, yeah, there's some side characters, but they almost all have backstories. Mm -hmm. And uh, when Jason and I are creating it together, a lot of times he'll even come up with stories like he'll just draw some villagers or whatever. And he's like, I like what I did for this design. And he he'll he'll tell me a little bit more about the villager. And I was like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. And then it'll come back because if he tells me stuff like that, then sometimes I'll incorporate that into the story. But <laughs> so he knows. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. Horatius is the same way. He, he really wanted to do this like team of uh, dinosaur assassins. And he had like oh, that's so cool. for all the different characters. And they were just going to show up like once in the, mm-hmm. in the book. But I liked what he, he talked about so much that I was like, oh, I'm going to bring these guys back. So stuff like that. But yeah, when I think of characters, I do character sheets. So, you know, the character sheets tell me who they are, what they want, uh, how they're going to get there, 
how they interact with others, how what they do affects other people and characters and creatures within the world. And so um, I don't need to refer back to them after a while, but in the beginning, it's nice to refer back to them because I can remember what their story is going to be so that they can all have a beginning, a middle and an end. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes I just create some side characters or, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think much more of them, you know, they're just there in the story. But then if I like the design Jason does, or, um, I come up with a, a new story idea, then they might figure into that. There's, there's been a few characters like that over the years. That's awesome. We have a uh, captain B dub over on Twitch saying, uh, unicorns and then, uh, reality manipulation seems cool. And then Rawstar subscribing for two months in a row. Thank you for that subscription. So how did that, uh, how did you end up meeting Jason? Like how did that end up coming about? And real quick for everyone that is watching, here is the link to Scout Comics collection for By the Horns. I tried to pull up the previews for uh for for the um the issue we're about, you know, for that's coming out in a week. Uh, for whatever reason, previews doesn't have that. It tried to give me the one that's dropping in June. I think it was issue 10. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, well, like eight's coming out, so yeah, 10 will be in June. Yeah, it should be up there, but and um, I'll, I'll try to, I'll try, I could try to pull that up. Uh, not, not a problem. But uh, in the meantime, though, how did you end up meeting Jason? Like this collaboration between you two seems like it's just, you guys seem like a dream team. Like you're working in like perfect union almost. Yeah. So I met Jason. So I lived in New York and then I moved uh, to Chicago in 2000. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I had to do when I moved was to find a comic book shop like you do if you're a <laughs> yeah. collector. And um, so I found this place called Graham Crackers Comics um, out in the suburbs where I was living and Jason worked there. So um, he was young. He, he was before he went to college. So I was there maybe a couple of years and then uh, he was going to go off to art school. But before that happened, there was a contest online to write a script for um, a book called The Authority, which is a pretty popular book back in the, the 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a script and I won this online contest and and I knew Jason wanted to be a comic book artist. So I gave him the script so he could draw the pages out. And uh, he did that. He do maybe a few pages and do the whole story. Then he had to leave. And I didn't see that guy for 10 years. <laughs> and then uh, one day, um, a mutual friend of ours, the guy who actually ran the comic book shop, Bobby, mm-hmm. um, he had an idea for a comic book and he asked me and, a, and another guy we knew who were really into books to work on it with him to write it so i started working on that a little bit and um but it just didn't really work out because we had differing ideas on where to take the story um, but during that time bobby had given jason parts of the story so that he could maybe draw concepts for the characters and because they were still in touch so I saw some of those. And then when that project kind of fell apart, I just contacted Jason and said, Hey, I know this didn't work out, but I have some other stories. Do you want to get together, have a beer? And then we can so just cool. talk about this stuff. Because Did you know it was Jason when you seen his work where you're like, I recognize this? Or was it like, because the 10 years, like he advanced so much with his art. Was it like not recognizable? I didn't. I mean, well, I knew that uh, Bobby was sending it to Jason. I remember. Ah, I gotcha. Jason, I gotcha. The artwork was completely different. It was a lot better. Yeah than what I had seen before. And, and in fact, when I met Jason, I gave him back those pages because he had given me those authority pages. He did. Oh, that's so cool. I gave dude. them back to him so he could see, he forgot he did them and, but he could see how much he had progressed as an artist. So that was pretty cool. 
How do you guys feel mm -hmm. that uh, James Gunn has the, uh, them on his slate for DC, for the future of DC? They're doing like an authority uh, mo movie or team-up, aren't they? Yeah, no, it's cool. I mean, I like James Gunn a lot. I love the Guardians movie. Yeah. And, you know, Slither and stuff that he's done. Um, I wasn't a, really a huge fan of the of the Suicide Squad movie, but everything else he's done, I really I love. You know, I liked uh, the the twenty twenty one over the original one, but I could see where a lot of people really w wasn't into it. You know, because there's a certain humor that you have to be you have to be into to really like it. I feel. Um, I don't think that was the case for me. I, the humor I think was there. I think it's the characters. Okay. Um, I don't. I didn't. I didn't give a shit about the characters <laughs> in Suicide Squad. So in Guardians, you care about the characters. Yeah, that's true. I, I just so, picked up uh, Baby Rocket. I just seen, I, like, I'm so sick and tired of seeing these Funkos. I'm like, there's no more. And then Baby Baby Rocket, I'm like, okay, I can make, I can, I can get this one. <laughs> so, yeah, if you care about the characters, I think the j jokes land better. Mm -hmm. But also because the Suicide Squad were, you know, they're just not good people. So a lot of their jokes were around that. And mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I, they tried to inject some humanity into it, but uh I don't know. The ending I thought was better than the beginning, but I, I just, I just didn't like it that much. But I'm looking forward to uh, to Guardians three. No, I and I, I, I am too. I, I know someone's going to die. We don't know who. Uh, it's all up in the air. I, I, I know a lot of people think it's Rocket. I think it's uh, Drax because uh, he's already stated that he wants to leave anyways, and pretty sure he's going to head over to DC to work with James. Right? They're like best friends or something like that. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, they they like working together on stuff so yeah i don't know it could be multiple characters that, that bite it who knows hey but feeling a character that bites it let's get back into by the horns so this starts off rather interesting we have uh elodie who is on a massive blood hunt for unicorns why does she hate them so much like what is her beef with them well in the beginning of the book um her husband is trampled by unicorns <laughs> <laughs> and um, so that's why <laughs> she has a beef with them and uh they're just really elusive magic mm -hmm. creatures and she she can't find them and she's a very proactive uh person character so um she feels powerless um and she wants to try to you know feel better about that and, and get revenge so that's why it starts out like like that and I, I love how like unicorns like they're they're beautiful they're mythical and then they just trampled this poor dude to death i mean holy crap and she once she finds them she goes ham wild on them what's a you know some of her favorite ways to kill them uh well she she well you have to read it to find out because it yeah. doesn't exactly go that way um she can't really find unicorns. What happens is that um, she's looking for them, can't find them. She's just killing anything out there with a horn in frustration. She basically mm. wanders around and things attack her because there's lots of monsters there. And so she's making monster head soup and, you know, just trying to feel better about her situation. And um, she gets wind of uh, um, where some unicorns might possibly be. Uh, in this city and then finds out that there's actually this evil wizard who's extracting all the magic from creatures in the area and so she figures oh maybe he's got unicorns and that's how uh it begins um there's a greater threat out there than unicorns mm -hmm. um and so she has to choose whether or not she's going to try to stop this larger threat or just stay hellbent on her mission to to kill all the unicorns 
So she actually ends up teaming with some unicorns um, who don't know that she wants to murder them. (laughs) Because they actually accidentally help. They save her. You'll see this in like the first couple issues. And uh, she can rip off their horns and merge them together to form mystic weapons that are powerful enough to stop the wizards. So she figures she'll keep them around a little bit, use their horns and find all the unicorns and just rid the world of all of them. And so that's that goes how like- the book kind of starts. But, uh, you know, of course things change in it. And uh, you don't know, like the very first page you see, she's standing over a unicorn with a big ax. And, uh, you know, that's in the future and you have to see what's going to happen with it. Oh, okay. Misdirection then. I love it. I love it so much. We have CB joining us over on Twitch. Guys, by the way, I did find that link over on Preview World. So this is going to be for By the Horns Dark Earth issue eight that's coming out next week you can pre-order it right here uh and if you guys can't pre-order it it is 100 free to put this link wherever you can facebook twitter wherever you can put a link and talk about it 100 free and you're gonna have a friend that loves this because this book is off the charts so what does that collaborative effort look like between you know you and the the, the creative team like do you uh like to have your artists follow your script to a t or do you like to have them kind of just play in their own world like how does that look like uh no i mean jason and i are real uh, co-creators on it and collaborate on it and we live near each other so you know i came up with you know most of the ideas for the story but then i bring it to jason and then he might have other ideas or environments or or characters or creatures that he wants to do and we, we talk about the story we talk about the designs and we work that all out together before i even really write the script so i usually write i'll write out like what the story is about you know mm-hmm. like, a, like a treatment for it basically and then after we talk and, and work some of that stuff out, then I write the story. And then along the way, Jason might have ideas that he wants to put into the book too. And so I always <laughs> try to get all that stuff in there. I have, I've gotten everything he's ever wanted into the book. Oh, that's awesome. Which is cool because, you know, sometimes I'll have an idea I'm like, oh, I have no idea how I'm getting this here. <laughs> but I found a way almost every time, every time I've found a way so far. So. Um, so yeah, that's how it works. And then, uh, I write the script, Jason looks it over and then he does thumbnails and, uh, I look those over and, uh, you know, we kind of just kind of check our egos at the door and we're free to say whatever we want about the story or the art. And then, you know, we craft the issue and then, uh, we give it to Steve and, and then he makes it pretty for the color. Awesome. Really great colorist. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Uh, Jason and I work really closely together. I don't think it's, it's probably not the norm, but the thing of it is, is like we created the world together. You know, I don't think it would be the same thing if I just created everything, you know, or, or Jason did it himself. You know, it's a kind of a merging of our worlds. Cause I'm real, I'm a metalhead and Jason's not, you know, mm-hmm. he likes bright colors and things like that. So, <laughs> So, you know, and it works. The bright colors in our book work for, mm-hmm. for it, but, um, you know, there's a lot of darkness in there, too. And, I think, uh, you know, metalheads can like bright colors, right? I don't really... <laughs> No. No. no? <laughs> well, eventually a metalhead evolves into the uh, hip hop lo fi guy that grows the beard. You ever see that no. meme? No, <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. No. He's that like, it's not a true. He's, he's like, it's only wall of death or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, I'm a, I'm deep into the the weeds of metal. Like, mm-hmm. I meet a lot of people who, you know, they listen to more of the popularized metal, and I don't. I mean, I'm on 
the metalheads podcast. So, I've seen it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. To the, to the, you know, the real stuff in the weeds. So what, what are some of the real stuffs in the weeds we can expect to find if we pull up that podcast and where can everyone find it? That's listening. If they're interested. Yeah. You can go to metalheadspodcast.com. That's pretty easy. Check it out. Um, it's on, it's, yeah. I mean, if you listen to podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find metalheads podcast. And uh, we do a monthly cast and it's usually it can be anywhere from like three to six hours per cast. That's and awesome. Interview yeah. bands and um, um, we have a format for it. So we do news, new releases. Um, we do a metal Thunderdome where we pit two albums against each other. Every other cast, we do a top five and um, we do like an album of the episode. And so um, we have a format, but um, you know, it's basically metalheads metal friends coming together and just mm-hmm. uh hanging out drinking beers and talking i just i actually just got back from philadelphia because the decibel metal and beer fest was this past weekend so i all my buddies were there that's Except so cool Jay, he, he, he got covid so he couldn't come out but um uh, the rest of us were there so we got to hang out and uh watch some good metal bands oh, that's so see, cool uh, incantations like my favorite death metal band and um mm-hmm. They were uh, celebrating the 25th anniversary of one of their albums, and they played it in its entirety. And uh, that was that was special because I don't think they'll ever do that again. Yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah, and like, here's me. Like, I'm like the the 2007 like popular like deathcore band. You're probably like, oh, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I did yeah. I did get to meet uh Trevor from the Black uh, Dahlia Murderer. Uh he played in Ohio and we got to hang out with him backstage. That was really cool. Yeah, they just played at the Decibel Metal and Beer Fest. So how, how so how's the new singer sound like? Um I didn't watch it. You didn't watch so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big fan. So Hey no uh, no I, I got gotcha. you. Listen, I they have talent and um you know, I, I definitely give them a lot of credit for, for continuing on and persevering. Yeah. That's, that's a hard that's, thing. That's a, that's a tough thing, um, to do. Um, but yeah, I wasn't a big fan. So I like, um, you know, I, uh, there's a lot to do, a lot of friends there and they have all this beer there. So I got, got to drink a lot of that <laughs> and eat and stuff. So, but yeah, I'm not, I kind of, I'm not really into metalcore, not anymore. I used to be back in the day when it was different. But, mm-hmm. uh, but, um, yeah, like Archangel, Conver- well, Converge is still good. Um, Snapcase, stuff like that. Okay. Integrity, Dead Guy. Um, the newer stuff, uh, I don't know. It's kind of gone commercial and uh, it's just, it's, it's just not as, um, it's not as technical. A lot of repeating parts, choruses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, or email. So it, you like technical, about- uh, grindcore or no? Thumbs up, thumbs I, down. I don't like Ryan Corp. He's like, I hate that shit. <laughs> Five-minute playlist, get it out of here. <laughs> no. I don't like when a band does like five minutes and they call that an album. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I do agree with you. I do agree with you. But one thing I do like is an awesome, beautiful book. We have the opportunity to check out some preview pages from By the Horn. So let's pull that up real quick and go through it and show everyone who is watching what they're missing out. Guys, once again, right here is that preview link to check out this book and pre-order issue eight uh this is coming out from scout comics next week so right there is a link on both sites and let's get this party pulled up so uh that is awesome though is it hard uh starting a podcast about music i feel like there just goes so much into it right um, well i didn't start it 
my buddy George started it, and I, he he's uh, was deep into the weeds before I yeah before I came on the podcast. I was a guest on it, so I was a listener, and they were looking for listeners to come on. And um, so I was like, I'd love to come on. And so they interviewed me about um, Voracious at the time. I, don't, I hadn't even written by the horns when I first <laughs> was on there. And then once I was on there, they just kept inviting me to come back. So, um, yeah, it's like uh, listening metal is like a second job for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we get a lot of promos and stuff and we have bands that come on. And so you, I always want to listen to everything and be prepared for for interviews and to just kind of know their music a little inside and out. And then there's also the stuff I'm listening to. I want to make sure that when I talk about things on the podcast, that people really get an idea of what that music is like and then get excited about it. I want people to find new things. So like, even though I don't like metalcore, um, the new metalcore, I, it's fine. Like everybody's got different tastes and it could be a gateway into some other music that I do like. So I never really naysay the stuff that people want to listen to, but I hope that I give them some new things that they were mm-hmm. consider and, and, and the rest of the boys on the cast as well. No, I, I really want to check it out. It just like, it, like it would just, it seems like it'd be, a, do you ever like feel like you don't get a chance to listen to what you want to? Um, yeah, that's true. Cause I'm, I'm listening to so much new metal. Mm-hmm. Not and you, but just new stuff um, um, that I don't get a chance to go back and listen to some of my favorite albums as much. I I try to make a point to do that, especially after we do the year in review where we do our top 25 um, or mid-year. Then I kind of take a break from metal and listen to stuff. I listen to a lot of ambient. It's like spacey ambient music when I'm writing. Okay. Um, I listen to metal too, but most of the time I like to listen to stuff that uh, doesn't have lyrics and all that. So, um, so yeah, I, I get to listen to stuff, but I, I stop listening to rock. I don't really listen to, <laughs> so every year when I'm on uh, Facebook, well, I don't think I did it last year, but usually I'll ask people like, Hey, I'm in a metal hole. Mm-hmm. I, this is what I listen to and I love it, but tell me what you like. I don't care what it is. You send it to me and I'll listen to it. I can't guarantee you that I will like it. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of hip hop or not. There's some that I like, but most I don't like. I don't like newer country stuff. I do like older country, but if you send it to me, I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to give it a fair shot. So, so people send me all kinds of stuff that I've never heard of at the end of the year. And so that's how I kind of get some of that other, other stuff outside of metal. No, that, that, you know, and it's, shoo, having such a distinct taste for the music, too. I mean, I'm sure you get, like, just a list. It's like, oh, why am I even listening to this? Ah! <laughs> so we have uh, Elodie well, right here. it's fun, actually, because uh, my well, wife and I will do it together. We'll listen oh, to that's probably together. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And because um, she doesn't really, I mean, she listens to music for, like, workouts and stuff, but she doesn't find a lot of music unless she's listening to the radio for some reason. But I, I never listen to radio. I'm just always on Bandcamp listening to bands, and I'm like an album guy. I'm not, I'm not a song guy. Yeah. So you know, um, I, you ever listen to a uh, D- Tony Danza type dance uh, extravaganza? No, but that that, it, well, it's like a it's from uh, Who's the Boss? Yeah, it, dude, it's 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 beastie. It's and the whole album just hits. But I, I don't know if it's like gonna gonna be. You know, because I was trying to vibe you out when we were chatting about music, and I'm like, oh, dude, everything I like is probably like, you know what I mean? You're probably like, let me get more beer. 
I'm drinking mead. Um, no, man, that's it's. Listen, a lot of people do that, and a lot of have different tastes. So you you tell me something, maybe I haven't listened to it, and even if it's something that's not really in my wheelhouse, um, I'll still listen to it. You know, you, you said something the other day. So, uh, Shrine of Malice, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'll I listen to it. You know, I I'll spin it a couple times to be honest with you because yeah. the first time you listen, I might not get everything that's going on in the music. So I always try to appreciate something about the music, even if it's not something that's um, particularly suited to my tastes. It's like the same thing with a comic book, right? Like you can read it the first time and not fully absorb what you're reading or looking at. And that second time after knowing like at the ending, you can look for things and be like, I didn't catch this, you know? Um, I love comics a lot like that, actually. I love this character design. You know, what was uh, some of the inspirations for designing uh, Elodie? Yeah. So Jason and I, I mean, we, like I said, we work on it together. So I had ideas that I wanted to do. Originally it was just a straight fantasy series. And then as time went on and we were working, we were finishing up voracious. I, I decided that, Oh, I think we need to mix technology in there because it just be more fun and, and more interesting. Cause I wasn't really digging the fantasy designs and the elements, the things that we were doing. Mm-hmm. So I flipped it and that's what really made it click for this. So um, you'll see in our book, um, yeah, I guess it has a lot of influences, a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, which I used to play before. Um, there's some Final Fantasy in there, definitely some video games. We do we do these maps. Um, they're called travel maps in the book. Oh, and I just want to say hi to everybody that's, you know, over there in the private chat. That's pretty cool. But um, yeah, so it's a mix of that. Like we put some video game type stuff in it where they're on a quest and they might go town to town and like pick up different equipment or weapons mm-hmm. and then you'll see a travel map and it's kind of our way of um helping to build the world because i don't when i write i don't sit down and say this is what happened all these years ago and this is the way the world is i don't like that kind of fantasy i want you to just drop in and get immersed in the characters as they go on the journey i want you to go with them mm-hmm. so we reveal things as it goes instead of just dropping a ton of information in the beginning so but the travel maps are neat if you keep scrolling you'll see them um so it shows the map of the area and then it shows the different enemies that they encounter on, along the way and then elodie our lead character elodie that's her um she will talk about what it's like to, to fight these creatures or what their vulnerabilities are and so you get a sense of the dangers that they encounter along that's the way. so cool i love that and, so uh, much so it's a good way to, to world build. And then like a lot of the creatures that we create for the maps don't even actually show up in the book. Like she doesn't fight them in the actual uh, pages of the book. So we've created like, I don't know, 60, 70 different creatures. Some of them are, have been in the book, but a lot of them haven't. And it's just a way to show like, you know, this is how much we enjoy putting into this world. I, uh, really love like her emblem is it's it's very metal and i love how you have like a uh, buffalo bone horn with her emblem like in, like engraved in it right we did we did we made a uh, mead horns um, yeah that's so awesome so my favorite uh meadery which i'm actually drinking the mead now from brimming horn they actually made a mead for our book and um it was great well, i collaborated with them and and helped to uh, come up with a recipe it has dragon fruit and vanilla in it because i was living in hawaii for a while and they have dragon fruit and it's my favorite fruit now and i've never seen a mead with it and then so, i said i think you should add vanilla to it because it'll kind of balance that out a little bit 
So they you did. got, uh, did you get like stuck there when like uh, everything hit? I, I read um, there was the, you were featured in that magazine. I read your article, by the way. That was awesome that you got oh, featured in that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I had a, a profile on Decibel on the last issue, which was really cool. Um, I wouldn't say I got stuck there. I, I was glad to be there in the pandemic. Okay, okay. There is no <laughs> yeah. Being in Hawaii during the pandemic <laughs> was like heaven because it's, it's all about the nature mm -hmm. there. It's all about the beauty and that doesn't shut down. And there were no tourists, so we really got to uh, see Hawaii the way, you know, I always wanted to. But you know, because it's so popular and there's so many people, it's it's it wasn't the same afterwards. Um, of course, I hate the pandemic and that it hurt people and took people's lives, but I was very happy to be there. But so yeah, so that symbol, it got uh, we did the mead, and then Birminghorn introduced us to these uh, horn makers. They took these real water buffalo horns and they hand carved that symbol into them that, that's wow i was like jason you gotta give me the art for this i want to put it in there and um, i should grab one actually if you and want then, to I, I can zoom you in and we can show it off all right i gotta grab it hold on give me one second and everyone watching thank you guys for hanging out this is always an awesome opportunity to show you guys brand new awesome creators brand new books and everything in between if you guys have any questions you would like me to ask feel free to list them in the comments below and we'll uh get them asked so real quick too we got cb over on twitch saying he's ordering the book we got mama geekly over on facebook saying this looks awesome love to check it out love badass woman women excuse me oh that looks awesome too holy crap that thing is bad so, so what's it what, what's it feel like drinking mead from a horn that's great yeah <laughs> yeah i was gonna do it but i just grabbed my slayer mug instead mm -hmm. today but but uh yeah it's great i mean it's substantial because it's a real horn yeah yeah so they you know they clean it and then they treat it and put this like coating over it and then you can you drink out of it but, and yeah. that you can't get more metal than yeah. drinking from a horn right that's about as metal as it gets unless it's like the skull of your enemy that's i think that's probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i well, will say you... oh go ahead or you know there's a song um from i think it's a woad drink from the skull of your father okay yeah uh so oh, many no, skull things Watain, actually Watain, who was it so. um i'm trying to think of who it was uh you where they drink from your dead father's skull <laughs> what's the band uh in europe where the lead singer blew his head out and it might be i it might be a rumor but the all the band members made necklaces out of like his teeth oh jeez. well who was it? it started with the end they would they were pretty notorious for burning churches too Cannot... Oh, you're talking about um, ugh, it's blanking out now. It's like a one-word band, I'm pretty sure too, and I cannot think of it. <laughs> I know, it's pretty bad. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. We're gonna get it like right as soon as this is done, and it's gonna be like son of a gun. It was right there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of badass mustaches, though, this guy has one hell of one. What's this attached to his head? Like, so are are we seeing like a kind of like android, like cyborg type people in this world, or is that like a like a something to help him so the world is it's it's mostly fantasy but then there's technology that you'll see sprinkled without so we don't we don't force the technology down your throat mm -hmm. so there's little things like you'll see the robot there who's like helping with farming you'll see some tech that's haru he's a he's a, a lead character in the book he's uh he's the the father of uh of uh her husband who's been trampled by unicorns um, so 
I'm sorry, the grandfather. So, um, so he's got tech and then, you know, Elodie's got a gun you'll see. And then, uh, you know, the, even Sajin, the deer wolf, he's got, uh, a thing on his head as well, which we explain in issue six. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So there, we put a little technology, sprinkle it in. So it's not like you can get technology any place. Okay. You know, you see the villagers here. They're mostly in kind of plain clothes, mm-hmm. but they have like this supplemental technology. Um, so that's how I kind of wanted it. Um, I didn't, I didn't want it to be, you know, mostly sci-fi. I wanted it to be fantasy with flourishes. So by the way, mayhem, I had to look it up cause I knew it was going to just eat me away if we couldn't come up with that answer, like on the stream. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Mayhem uh, is the band I'm talking about. Uh, so, or am I wrong? I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, uh, early singer blew his brains out in 1991, and then everyone made uh, war necklaces. of. That's about, that's pretty. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> so right here is a pretty horrific scene as well. Speaking of people losing their head, what is going on here? Is this the, the result of Ellie or... Well, yeah, as you saw in the beginning of the page, she comes in with a cart full of heads. So um, she basically goes out and hunts and brings the heads back and makes soup out of them. So this is the council, and they have all the heads there, and they're annoyed with Elodie <laughs> because she always leaves the village but doesn't actually help the village do anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then in the next scenes here, you're going to see Haru talking to her and then kicks her out of the village because the council votes to exile her for a year because she just has no interest in serving the community. She just wants revenge. And so that's no good for them. And so she gets kicked out and then she goes on her, her quest to try to find unicorns with Sage and her telepathic half wolf, half deer, uh, friend who you saw earlier. You were talking and, uh, earlier about the Final Fantasy influences. I want to say I seen a weapon. It reminded me of like a miniature like gunblade pistol almost. Like from Final mm. Fantasy VIII, but a little bit shorter. Yeah, we have, we have a gunblade uh, later for one of the other characters, like one of the villains. Mm-hmm. We did do a gunblade, but um, yeah, it doesn't so show cool. up until like the second series. So by the horns, the first series, for people who don't know, there's eight issues in it. It's an ongoing series, but we break it up into a mini series or maxi series, I guess, because the first is eight and the second one's 12. So um, the first trade paperback is eight issues. And then uh, by the horns, Dark Earth, which is coming out right now, issue eight of Dark Earth drops next week in one week. And that series is going to be 12 issues, but we do legacy numbering on the back. So you'll see that it just kind of runs mm-hmm. straight as a uh, as an ongoing I, I love that so much right here, too. Please uh, take as much Monster Head soup as you can carry. Like, get it out of here. We, ha- we have enough of it. Yeah, they hate it. They have <laughs> enough, and they hate it because it's not good. That is awesome. And then as you guys can see, three months later, all hell is still breaking loose. And she is very capable, too. I mean, she is a badass. She's like, you are soup, you are soup, you're fracking soup. Uh, man, I just love her character so much. Yeah. The way she goes from blades to guns. She's a, she is a badass. She is. I mean, she spent a lot of time killing monsters since her husband got trampled. And, um, you know, in issue six, you'll see the origins of her and um, her fighting and, and why she does it. Um, but, yeah, she's so right a here. Lot of time, which, this we, was... you know, I love establishing that right away because you see her coming in the very first page. 
she's got this uh this cart this mm-hmm. floating cart of heads so you know right away oh she's dangerous <laughs> i love this whale. too yeah this is so gorgeous and out of this world too what's what do dragon whales do <laughs> well if you continue <laughs> on and you go to the page of the map it actually tells you what a dragon whale does <laughs> I love that so much too. So like what influences did you and Jason draw from when doing this? Like what favorite books and, and, and comics did you guys consume that kind of were like, you know, I want to put this in mine. Um, I mean, like I said, I was a big fan of Dungeons and Dragons. I read a lot of Conan books when I was a kid and, um, and comics as well. I still read those. So I was really into, um, into fantasy. Um, I love these books called by Carl Edward Wagner. Um, which were fantasy books um, about this character called Cain, the mystic swordsman who was like a sorcerer and a fucking barbarian. Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, and uh, he, he was more heady than Conan. And I always, I liked that about him. Um, but yeah, I used to play D and D and I read the choose your own adventure books. You're probably too young to know about that, but I, the goosebumps, I'm 33. I'm not that young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, they had these books and you would read them and you would get to a certain page and then you would be like, oh, if you want to do this, turn to this page. If you want to do this, turn to this other page. And they mm-hmm. were great. And I had tons of those. So that's kind of where the fantasy elements for me came about. But um, um, with Jason, you know, he has a lot of different influences that that come into it. You know, it was like video games and, um, you know, fantasy stuff that he liked. But um so i don't know it wasn't one thing that really informed the series it's more like um we want to do a fantasy book and we kind of want to do it our way and we think Mm -hmm. that ours is pretty unique compared to other fantasy books out there which you know it can be be difficult but um we didn't have to think about it too hard you know it's just it comes from the characters i think i really love how you guys like showed off this dragon whale and then like I said, this is a book, guys, where if you don't, like, really pay attention, you're going to miss it. Like, right here, they're using it as, like, shelter. Awesome. Like, you guys don't show, like, the big fight, but, like, right here is, like, the big uh, dragon whale just chilling. They, they got a whole shelter mm-hmm. built out of it. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love the dragon whale. Dragon whale comes back. A lot of the stuff in the book comes back. Um, a lot of things that happen matter. Like, I try to make every scene count. So there's a lot of layering in that in that regard. And you'll see it as it unfolds, particularly, definitely in the first eight issues. And then when we do Dark Earth, all that stuff kind of comes back. Even stuff that happens in these first eight issues is coming back in Dark Earth. And we're on, we're more than halfway through now. Right. So after checking this out, guys, right here is the link. Uh, Be sure to check this out with us. And uh, you can pre-order this. You have about a week until it goes live in your local comic book shop. If your comic doesn't have it, simply ask them to order it. You know, it's important to tell your comic book. That's, you know, that's how they know what people want to buy. And if they don't carry this, they might want to carry it if you show some interest in it. So yeah. right there is the link. Be sure to check it out. So and if you let me just say, Cody, too, you know, um, obviously I want the comic shops to carry it. So, yeah, definitely ask them. We want we want to be in with the retailers. We want the retailers to order our book. But if for some reason they won't, you can always order it right from me. And that's marcuson.com. Uh, my name's probably up here somewhere. Yep. Oh, there it's up there. So you just go to marcuson.com. Um, I have a store and all the issues and trades 
well the first issue did sell out so the original one i think i have a couple left of it but it did sell out um but i sign everything for free mm -hmm. so if you want signed copies and it's there now congratulations to uh you you guys recently just funded a kickstarter not too long ago i want to say what 197 page deluxe hardcover volume one uh 18k yeah. Oh, uh, with 284 backers. Congratulations on just like killing it, man. That's how, how did that uh, Kickstarter uh, end up going for you? Are you guys still in the process of uh, fulfillment for that? Or is that have yet to come? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Cody. Appreciate it. Yeah, it was <laughs> great to uh, do that Kickstarter. You know, always nervous. We've done a couple for Voracious, but we were super new creators. when We had no idea what to expect for mm -hmm. By the Horns, but it funded in 23 hours, which was just crazy and amazing at the same time yeah we, a bunch of stretch goals got unlocked so yeah it just funded like maybe two weeks ago and just got the funds from kickstarter so um yeah so we're on we're gonna start we're gonna do a survey for people that backed it and then we'll get the counts for everything and then start making it i mean the book is mostly done mm -hmm. um it's the eight issues in a hardcover for the first series we've already done those issues so those are done However, our first stretch goal was to do an eight-page story with Evelyn, who is a floating eyeball butler in the book. Which you I meet her love. in issue, I think it's issue two, actually. And um, so she's like a main cast member now, too. And so she gets a little solo adventure that's set in between uh, scenes from the, the first volume. And uh, I wrote it. I wrote the eight pages, and Jason has to draw it, but he's probably not going to do it until after we finish dark earth he's got a couple more issues to draw and then he'll do that um we set the um rewards to come around november but i'm hoping we'll get them out sooner yeah yeah uh, but but yeah we're gonna start getting horns a lot of people got the horns so we'll have that made we got some cool stickers um yeah a lot of different things in the, in there that we uh got to get together but uh and we're looking forward to seeing the book because uh, yeah. it, that's the star of the, the Kickstarter and it's going to look great. Oh, that's awesome. Once again, congratulations on that. So what's next for you guys in 2023, just working on this series or is there any other projects that, you know, you might be announcing sooner in the works? Um, and we do, Jason and I, I think we both have some stuff in the works. I have multiple series that I'm working on. One has a publisher so I don't know when that's going to get announced. Uh, Artist is working on it. So hopefully sometime this year, maybe maybe the fall, it might get mm -hmm. announced. I'm really excited about that one. It's a mech book, which I, I love Robotech when I was a kid. The publisher actually contacted me about doing a, a mech story, which I didn't even think about. And so, so cool. I thought that was pretty cool. And then I came up with it and it's, I own the, the story and um, the artist on it is tremendous. And, uh, it has some of the best character writing I've done. Um, I pride myself on that, but I really like the lead character. Her name is Raven. And um, so, yeah, so that'll probably be the next thing come out. I have a couple more books with some artists that I've met that we're working on that uh, getting pretty close to pitching them. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. If they don't find a home, I think they probably will. But if they don't, then, you know, we just do them on Kickstarter. When I start books, I don't, I'm not a guy who like throws things against the wall and see if it sticks. If I start a book, then, then I finish it. It's going to stick. That's how I feel. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. So I got, yeah, three or four That's series awesome. 
And then um, Jason, he does some stuff for Zenoscope. Like every once in a while, he'll take a break from doing By the Horns and do a, a book for them. So he's got a few things out that you might want to check out. Um, you know, he does some really good artwork uh, for them. And, um, you know, he you never know what's going to what's going to come out because uh you know that kid is like a great artist he's talked with marvel and some of these other wow higher ups uh about gig he's actually done a gig for marvel where he did the like the layouts for a book uh dr strange punisher book and um, that's really cool i've never even heard of them yeah. teaming up that's that, that's such a wild team up for me uh, dr yeah. strange punisher team up like holy crap or are they going yeah. against each other um it's you know it's always kind of both yeah yeah they, that, makes more, sense. that was more of a team up though <laughs> Um, but yeah, he did, the, he just did the layouts for it. Um, but they were amazing layouts. And then there's a different artist that came over. So I'm hoping that, you know, he gets to do some projects where he does all the art. Cause I think he's, he's one of the best artists in comics. No, his and, art, uh, his interiors are gorgeous. Like when I read through this, I was like, Oh my God, this is like next level stuff in here. Yeah. So, so yeah, we have some other projects and then Steve, our colorist, he, you know, he colors different projects and he's announced some things that he's done on Kickstarter and, uh, yeah, he's super talented too. So I'm sure that uh, he'll be getting other jobs as well. And uh, yeah, we'll just have to see. But um, yeah, for my part, I got a bunch of projects, bunch of projects in various stages. But uh, I think the MacBook is probably going to be the next one that'll get announced at some point. All right, let's go. Uh, Congratulations on all those projects too. That has to be really exciting to kind of have so much like on the cusp of just coming out or just like teetering, you know, right there. Like that's awesome. Oh yeah. So oh, I have a, I forgot what one thing I have a, I have a, I think it's like eight, 10 pages and an anthology coming out called holiday spirits volume three. It's like Christmas stories. And, um, so I wrote a story about a Norwegian legend. And, uh, so the artist is drawing that, um, right now. And I'm excited about that. Cause I've never really, one of our stories got an anthology, but it was this Irish anthology a long time ago. And we only got like two copies of it. And I kept asking for more copies and they never would send them to me. I was like, I'll buy the copies. I just want the book. And they're like, no, no, it was no. like it actually the first thing that really was published. Cause when we did voracious, we printed an ash can called Cretaceous to pitch to publishers. We self published it, but as far as an actual publisher putting it out, that story never alone it was a little horror story i think it was eight pages i think it's eight pages it's on my website marcuson.com you can read it for free and um, we did it and we used it as a test for our first colorist andre who did volume one of by the horns as well and um we love andre he decided he was not going to do comics anymore and try to pursue other things and that's why why we found steve but um so yeah what was the name of that i think it was called lightning strike was the so name of the is this Norwegian uh, one going to be a horror one too? I know sometimes a lot of those Christmas from like Norwegian yeah. areas or Europe areas are like scary as as hell. Uh, so it's like, um, are you? What is it, is it going to be the like a Krampus style one? Yeah, it's a horror story. Um, I'm not doing Krampus, but I'm sure Krampus will be in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and I'm doing it with this a friend of mine named um, Greg Miller, and he does animation for like Amazon and. Um, He's, he's actually working on Metalocalypse. Uh, the oh, movie. dude. So he does he does a lot of backgrounds and stuff in animation. And um, he does his own comics and stuff. He's a really great artist. And um, I've always wanted to work with him. So I came up with this little That's story. That's so cool. 
and uh, so he's drawn that now. I actually just sent me a, a page of it the other day, so I don't want to say too much about it because you know it's a short book. But uh, yeah, um, well, the anthology be big, but the story is kind of short. Uh, hey, well, but um, yeah, I'm excited about that. We can back away from the spoilers. No worries. I always, I know this is your first time on the show. We always love asking for a little bit of advice before we wrap things up. So with that being said, you know, I think as someone who's just done an outstanding job with world building, fleshing out your world and everything, what would be your advice for someone trying to achieve that for the first time? If you could just maybe offer them a little bit of something. Uh, for world building? Yeah, yeah. Just maybe adding a little bit, of, you know, of, of spice to the world, you know, a, a couple layers here and there if they're just having trouble achieving that. That's an interesting question. Um, well, I think the big thing that helps me, and I mentioned this earlier, was doing those character sheets. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to try to build a world, you should try to build it around the characters because they're the ones that tell you what the world is like to them. And that's the most important thing because if you can convey that through your characters, then people will believe that world. They'll, they'll get immersed in that world. So by doing character sheets, you know, like let's take Elodie, for example, as our lead character. You know, I did a sheet for her. And like I said, it talks about who she is, you know, before, who she is now, what what her goals are, how she interacts with people, how she plans to get to those, achieve those goals. You know, um, what are the obstacles that get in her way? what are the things about the world that either annoy her or that she <laughs> enjoys? And if you can do that and you do that with your characters, then it helps to like inform that world. You know, what monsters is, does she hunt and where, you know, um, that helped a lot because, you know, if she's in the desert, I have to think about the kinds of monsters there and, and the, the, the kind of um, creatures that live there or people and that helps to build that kind of um, section of the continent um, or if it's like a jungle or it's the coast, you know, how do they get to these places? You know, you know, the wizards are another thing in there. You know, there's these four wind wizards that are menacing the entire uh, continent because they're extracting magic from all the creatures on it for some nefarious purpose that you have to read about. <laughs> and uh, so, but by thinking about those characters, where they live and how they're extracting, what kind of creatures, um, it helps you really build that world. Why would they be the first one she encounters is on the coast? Why would he be there? You know, what is he doing? What are the advantages of being on that coast? So stuff like that, it all stems from the characters in, in my opinion. And, um, well, it should anyways. Um, cause that's how I write. I, I write character first, and then the plot and everything will stem from that because it's based on their needs and wants and um, successes and mistakes. I really love that. And your characters are just, like I said, out of this world. Even the background characters feel like they're, they're main characters at some point. Like just how fleshed out. Everyone has a purpose, like you said earlier. And I think really adding that flavor to your story can really take it, you know, leaps and bounds. Thank you for such sound advice. Now, yeah, sure. outside, of, outside of creating, though, what are you consuming, you know? Uh, TV shows, uh, comics, video games, if you play, uh, even music, you know, what, what are you listening to or, or, or doing in your free time? If you have it, I know you, uh, you're a busy man, but <laughs> <laughs> of course, you know, I mean, I like that stuff too. So yeah, I mean, metal, <laughs> first of all, um, yeah, we, uh, I listen to a ton of metal 
And um, I, I build a list because we do a top 25 for mid-year and then at the end of the year. So I'm constantly shuffling that around and listening to new, to new music. Um, so I was doing that today. And um, so um, I love shows. Um, I only usually watch about one show a time, at a time, although I watch a lot of wrestling. I love wrestling. I watch AEW and WWE. But it's almost like um, I can watch it and really – focus on it or i can do it as background and do other things like editing mm-hmm. work or or something like that because i started doing editing work for comics so i've got a a few people who are trusting me with their projects <laughs> <'cause> of, <laughs> which is cool it's like i mean i am an editor i was trained yeah. for one i've been an editor-in-chief but i kind of wanted to get into the comic side of it because i feel like i'm a good content editor and mm-hmm. um, I, those things i was just talking about are things that i'm talking about with creators so when i read their stuff i was like i love it you got to kind of bring some of this out if you want the book to be a little bit better. So, um, but yeah, they ever so come shows... back and they're like, they're like, why did this person get DDT through a table? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh, I yeah, was I listening to <laughs> I always think I just got back into wrestling, but it's been a long time now. I feel. Yeah. <laughs> because I was, I watched it when I was a kid and then I didn't watch it for a really long time. And then I don't know what happened. I just started watching it and there's something about wrestling where it's just feel good. You know, some of the storylines are super dumb and, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's mindless because some of it's really good content, you know, and it's engaging and, and, and I enjoy it, but, um, it's positive, you know, it's, yeah. it's fun. It's just pure fun. And there's so much in the world that I just bogs you down that so what, what, is kind of a remedy for it. What era did you fall out? I know I fell out kind of after the attitude era, I think was like kind of right where I made my exit from it. So I, I never even saw the attitude area. <laughs> I was before that. <laughs> I missed all that Steve Austin and, and all that stuff. I missed all that in the middle, the rock, mm-hmm. all that. I, none of that stuff did I see. I was way before I was more like Hulk Hogan, you know, uh, ultimate warrior type stuff. Okay. And then I, all that stuff I never saw. And then came in after it. So um, so I like that. My wife doesn't watch that, but uh, we watch shows together. And I guess the big show that we really love right now is Succession um, on HBO. I don't know if people know about it, but it's like despicable rich people um, vying for a mistake in their father's yeah. company where he's at the end. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty popular show, I guess now, but we blew through like the first three and I was shocked by it because I've been talking about character and everything. Mm-hmm. I like characters that I can follow. If I'm going to read a comic, I want to, I'd be able to identify with somebody in the book. That's how I'm going to keep reading it. I don't really identify with any of these characters and yet it's engaging. This does not happen that often. And so I, find that <laughs> fascinating. I was just, um, playing uh, video games with the boys earlier and we were talking about it. And I was like, dude, for a long time, I keep seeing people do hashtag succession. And I'm like, cool, everybody is getting W's. I love seeing the community just get victory after victory. And they're like, no, that's a TV show. And I'm like, oh, you know, cause they'd be like fire emoji succession. I'm like, cool, cool. Like, uh, and then someone's like, yeah, it's a bunch of rich people just complaining about their lives. I'm like, you know, all right. But you made it sound <laughs> way more interesting. It's, I might have it's, to check that out. It is it's it is way more interesting than that. That's the thing. It's like uh it's just more complex. And mm-hmm. I think they do a really good job of making you believe that maybe maybe they could be a little bit better. Um so I don't always hold out hope for that, but I think that's kind of the thing of it, you know. And and, yeah. and really for me, it's about wanting to see them all just kind of get 
screwed over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the end, you know? Yeah. Because I, I don't like any. There's not one character I really I like them as personalities. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's Kieran Culkin that plays one of them. He's awesome as a character. I wouldn't want to hang out with that guy, you know? And I don't want to see him be successful. I want to see him, like, be in the gutter. Yeah. <laughs> Get um, a reality check, huh? <laughs> so, so there's something about that, I guess. I don't know. I guess I'm... Um, I'm watching it with with menace in my heart, but <laughs> spite watching. <laughs> so yeah, but um, but yes, yeah, so we like that, and we watch uh, as an antidote to that. We watch Ted Lasso. Let's go. So and then um, we love we love all kinds of sci-fi shows. We just haven't like I haven't gotten to Mandalorian the new season, and I do really like Mandalorian. Um, we love the Expanse, things like that, and. Um, for video games, I play Steam. I do games on Steam with my buddy um, who I've known since high school. Um, we typically like um, shooter games. There's not a lot of games where you can play two players, um, you know, co-op or online. So we play a lot of Borderlands. Right now we're playing a Borderlands tiny, perfect. tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which mm-hmm. I like even. It's basically Borderlands, but with swords with more... Um, you know, close combat weapons. Isn't that, doesn't she do like a D and D type game too? Yeah. There's like a narrator where she kind of, she brings you through That's so uh, cool. this world. And it actually is good. I read some reviews where people were annoyed and I was like this, I actually like her. She's funny. The people in borderlands, are her and butt stallion were perfect. And uh handsome Jack, uh, what the second one. Yeah. I've played all the borderlands games and I like them, but I hate, I hate all of the talking in it. That, yeah, that was yeah. annoying. And tiny Tina's, wonderlands just the worst name for a game she's actually funny i actually enjoy the dialogue in that game and um i like it a little bit better than borderlands because like i said you can use more close combat you can do close combat in borderlands but this one you actually get real weapons Mm -hmm. and you can actually do a lot of damage up close and you still have all the other things that borderlands has you know sniper rifles and so we just started that and we only played we play once a week we always play tuesdays and play for a bunch of hours and uh that's Tuesday the best night. though you know yeah, so i uh, been that for years i've been advocating we need an army of two trilogy remaster to come back that was like the perfect two-player couch co-op like you and a friend just crouching behind cover you know someone gets shot you could drag them and they're they're able to shoot while you're dragging them to cover like dude, it was like awesome oh yeah army of two was like that right yeah 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 army of two yeah um so yeah we played that we played all those games there was like yeah. three or four of those yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, the Devil's Cartel, I think, was the last one. That one's where it kind of once started going a little south, but I still had a blast with it. Uh, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, uh, are you, where, is, what, are, you, what are you playing? So right I'm now? actually a Twitch streamer. I do a lot of content creation myself. So oh, cool. I am playing Resident Evil 4, and we just got done doing Bloodborne Return to Yarnum. That was March 27th, I think, to April 7th. So a big Bloodborne event to kind of, re you know, we always try to reignite the community. Um, yeah. Wulong Fallen Dynasty, so I like doing a lot of like Dark Souls, uh, Souls, but the games you just make make you hate yourself when you're playing them. I don't know why I'm drawn to them, but I am. Uh, and then Switch, I've been playing a lot of Switch. Just got Burnout Paradise. It was like nine bucks on the sale. I'm a big rate. I, I for whatever reason, you know, the arcade racing games just hit that itch for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Octopath Traveler, so I like RPGs. I love RPGs. I don't have time to play them. Like yeah. I have the final. I bought Final Fantasy. I actually bought a. I have a PS4. I don't have a five. I bought a PS4 just so I could play that Final Fantasy game. And uh, I played a bit of what, it. What? The seven? 
remaster or yeah, the remaster one. Yeah. yeah. Which I love the original one. So yeah. So I got that and, uh, but I haven't, I haven't finished it cause it's so long. It takes Dude, so, so long. I have, man, I have what, like right there, uh, figurines from Japan. They're like a hundred bucks a pop cloud Barrett Vincent. And then I don't know if you can see all the way over here, but I have a stand up of cloud right there. Nice. It's like all the way up. It's like from the old school 19, uh, what 97 ad with Pepsi. Uh, and then I have Genova tattooed right here. Uh, Final Fantasy VII was like the last game I played with my dad. So like, that's great. You know, I I, I, you know, I want to say it's the best game I ever played. I love Final Fantasy IX and six a little favorite. bit more. Oh yeah, yeah, those are good too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like ten like as well. Yeah. Oh my God, dude, ten was so. We could talk. We could do a whole podcast on Final <laughs> Fantasy. But guys, it is time for us to wrap up. Right here is the link to pre-order this book before it drops next week. Uh, awesome. I had the chance to read it. I cannot vouch more than I can right now. And thank you, CB, for pre-ordering it as well. We love to see that. I hope you guys all have an awesome time. Most importantly, guys, keep it geekly.